2: Drabblecast, episode 328. The Drabblecast is a weekly audio fiction magazine that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. Really entertaining story for you folks this week, and I'm feeling hungry enough to get straight to the entree. So let's do it. We bring you Local Delicacies by Fran Wilde. Fran is an author and technology consultant. In the past, she's worked in the restaurant service industry, and I think that'll come through just a little in this week's story. You folks out there who have ever hosted, bartended, or waited tables before, this one's for you. Fran's short stories have appeared in Asimov's Nature, Daily Science Fiction, and upcoming in Beneath Ceaseless Skies. Her interview series, Cooking the Books, has appeared at Strange Horizons, Tour.com, and on her website, which you'll find linked in our show notes. Brand's first novel, Bone Arrow, is forthcoming from TOR in 2015. This story is a travelcast original. Local Delicacies is read to you by Lauren Singer. For over a decade, Lauren's voiced hundreds of projects and continues to provide voices for video games, animation, commercials, audiobooks, and audio imaging services. She's a classically trained vocalist and actress who exceeds at bringing her acting talent, enthusiasm, and professionalism to everything she does. Don't take our word for it, just see how she knocks this story out of the park. Find her at laurensinger.com. That's Singer with a Y, by the way. So without further ado, we bring you Local Delicacies by Fran Wild.
0: My boss, Danny, liked to brag that El Corazon was the best Tex-Mex restaurant just off the Vegas Strip. Because of you, Besha, he'd say to me. You keep the customers happy. You keep me out of trouble. I won't say which part of my job was harder. I kept an eye on the help wanted ads in case something better came along. Two days before Cinco de Mayo, El Corazon's biggest day of the year, Danny texted, emergency, then called my cell. I signaled Victoria to keep an eye on the tables and ducked behind the central bar so I could hear him over the lunch crowd. Besha, help. His voice was gravelly, like it got after closing. I'm in deep with the wrong people. My heart sank. He hadn't done payroll yet this week. Things got out of hand. You've got to give these VIPs whatever they want. So much for payroll. How much do you owe them? I imagine guys in sharkskin suits bursting through our doors, demanding late-night margaritas and grabbing the staff. I calculated how much cash we had on hand. Right then, Marnie dropped a tray, her third this week. Because of the crash, I missed what Danny said next. Marnie looked at me like someone had kicked her puppy. Hang on, I said. The bussers swooped in before I asked them and cleaned up the broken glass. I handed Marnie a new tower of dirty plates and got her headed towards the dishes again. She didn't drop a single one. So, not the mob. Danny had continued to talk. Worse. There, well, you'll see in a couple of hours. What was the bet? Where are you? I hadn't raised my voice at Danny in the three years I'd worked for him. That's why I was his favorite manager. Calm, reliable Besha. But now my voice was loud enough that Victoria leaned in to listen. So did Aaron, the bartender. I shooed them away, and watched the tricked-out lowrider bike with its golden neon frame and red mirrors spin slowly atop its pole at the center of the bar. Danny was quiet for a moment. They're holding me until you guys pull off this private party. Like I said, they want the works, if you can't deliver. His voice trailed off. Besha, I know you can do it. The phone went dead and Table 17 was mad because they got enchiladas instead of flautas by mistake. One of the bar taps had air bubbles. I dealt with 17 while Aaron fixed the tap. Victoria seated a table of 10. Part of being a good manager was triage. Danny's call was something I could deal with after the rush. Then we'd figure out how to get him back so he could do payroll, if there was anything left for payroll. Is he playing cards again? Victoria asked as I circled El Corazón, checking that drinks were full. She looked worried. He promised he wouldn't. Damn it, Danny. Of course he thought I could handle this. Three years ago, my partner ditched both me and our table at booth 24, then split for Tahoe with our car. I'd rolled up my sleeves and started as a dishy that night, then worked my way up at El Corazón, keeping it together no matter what happened danny had given me a place, and I worked hard to keep it. So now I focused on the customers. Danny could stew for a bit. By the time the lunch rush slowed, my feet ached, and I'd almost forgotten what was coming. At 1.45, there was a thud on the side of the building. The restaurant shook. The lowrider rocked on its stand. I ran outside first, so I was the only one to see what looked like a stainless steel aphid clinging to the second story of El Corazón's fake adobe wall. An aphid the size of a delivery truck. It had landed right next to our neon sign and lit up with our colors. El Corazón, spelled out in wavy lines, blue and purple, across the aphid's side. By the time everyone else piled up on the sidewalk, the thing had gone transparent. Did you see? I turned to Aaron, who'd been right behind me. He shook his head. The beads in his pale dreadlocks clicked together. (sighs) Vegas, man. I don't see anything, ever, said my paycheck. I narrowed my eyes at him, but he shrugged, patted my shoulder, and went back inside. Just a helicopter from the hospital, I said, making sure my voice carried. A free round of chips and salsa for all the tables! No way was I going to lose our customers. Our remaining lunch crowd, two construction guys in shorts and t-shirts, a six-top celebrating a local office birthday, and four retirees bored with the strip, cheered and went back inside. When I was alone, I stared again at the side of the building. Who's there? At my elbow, a perky voice chirped. I've come to help with tonight's event. Danny told me to ask for Besha. He said you're the best. I looked down. When Danny had said, much worse than the mob, he wasn't kidding. My boss had lost a bet to a waif of a thing with bright orange skin, six arms, and eight multifaceted eyes. I squealed and jumped back. Vegas. Right. I don't see anything. Help, Coordinate? I mumbled. Yes, for the party tonight. Danny said El Corazon could handle the glorious celebration of the rover's third universal circumnavigation no problem. This is optimal, since no place on the Strip is willing to attempt it again. And what? I asked slowly, even as my manager brain kicked in and started making private party checklists does the celebration entail? Well, a full bar and a custom cocktail, obviously, the creature snorted. And you are? I smiled at the orange bug thing. Its eyes were a nice shade of purple. It she, I guessed, wore a gold metallic muumuu dress that was way beyond my pay grade. Name's Lot. I arrange parties for the rovers. When she smiled back, I could see how sharp her teeth were. And rovers are? About 50 of them total. Another 20 of their entourage. Great. My phone buzzed in my pocket. Are you a rover? I asked Slot as I reached for the phone. The text window lit up. Marnie broke ten glasses. Not remotely. Most are. Slot paused and searched for a description. Bigger. You'll be fine. I'll help. This was worse than when Danny bet the bikers from Colorado he could outrace them to the canyon. I'd kept El Corazon open late, serving bottomless margaritas the night before that race. Danny'd won the lowrider, then promoted me from bartender and given me a raise. Told me I'd be the world's best manager. I'd hired Aaron the next day. When we got Danny back, he was going to give me more than a raise, or I'd find another job. I'd seen an ad on Vegas list just that morning. Wanted. World's best restaurant manager. I'd look into that after we got Danny back, and everyone at El Corazon got paid. Your boss said we could special order local delicacies. I've brought you menu suggestions. Zlot held out a piece of clear plastic with dark amber symbols on it. I can't read that. I said, wondering what Zlot and her rovers would consider a local delicacy. Right. She hit the side of the plastic and the characters changed to English. At least, the words were in English. They still didn't make much sense. Local Delicacies, First Course Canapés. Eagle's Tongue Tostadas Squid Sucker Flamlets Baby Cheeks a la... <laughs> Hang on, I interrupted. We don't serve babies. Ever. Seriously. Not cool. Slot looked disappointed, but scratched the item off the list. Donkey stuffed elephant rolls. Fire roasted corn on the cob. Drinks. Baby tears over comet ice. Tequila infused with apple pie mom and Betsy Ross. Apple pie only, I said. Zlot nodded. Mining runoff soup. Grass-fed spotted owl. Hang on, I said again. Where are we going to get these ingredients? Zlot pointed to where the aphid truck was still, probably, hooked onto the building. I've got it all covered. Don't worry about a thing. I can be your supplier. You just need to manage. Manage a huge party for a bunch of aliens in three hours? I'd have to be the world's best manager. I thought about it. Sure, I got that. So Zlot got the supplies, I didn't ask how. And I talked to Tosh, the head chef, about prep. If anyone finds out, he began His bald scalp wrinkled with concern. No one will find out. I've already closed us to customers. I'd done more than that. I'd canceled our reservations and sent out vouchers for a later date. More money down the drain. Thanks, Danny. If the health inspector comes in here while we're serving some of this stuff, Tosh started again. Not gonna happen. Glenn Vouch was in three weeks ago. We aced the inspection— Won't be back until next month. Except for the dishes. Right. One dishwasher had been caught with an open cup of coffee near the sink. The inspector had ticked a violation on his clipboard. But we'd managed. He'd erased it when I slipped him some cash. Vouch pushed the money deep in his pants pocket while leering at me. I shuddered at the memory. I can't deal with some of these recipes, Tosh said weakly. What temperature do you cook eagle tongues at? I knew I had him. This is your opportunity to be a star chef, Tosh. Make like Bourdain. He laughed. We were gold. That lasted for all of thirty seconds. Then Zlot popped her orange fuzzy head into the kitchen. How's it going? She waved a radio just like mine, but gold to match her dress. I'm in the system! Tasha's eyes bulged. I hustled Slot out of the kitchen and to the bar fast. Problem, there's no way we can infuse ten gallons of tequila by tonight. Slot's orange skin faded to beige. For the infusion, give me what tequila you've got. I'll put it through the matter compiler on the ship. She watched Aaron start prepping glasses and shrieked, waving four of her hands. Rovers can't have salt! food allergy. I got that. El Corazon prided itself on its alternative menu. We had gluten-free, dairy-free, low-carb, all the stuff that was impossible to get at the buffets on the strip. But salt-free? In a Tex-Mex place? Great. I pointed to the margarita rim trays. So only sugar on these? Zlot's eight purple eyes got big as she nodded. Fine. She'd made drink prep easier, at least. 4 PM. The Rovers were due in an hour. I looked around the restaurant. Bar was set up. The gold lowrider gleamed atop a new pyramid of tequila and mezcal bottles. Two more lowriders, one red and one blue, held pitchers of margaritas next to the bar. Aaron's bartenders were going over the ingredients for the other drinks Lot had suggested. Aaron passed us samples. Smiling, I pretended to sip one. Mmm, that's not bad!' Zlot's eyes glistened with success. "'Local delicacy!' 4.15. El Corazon's entrance was blocked by a huge closed sign with, "'Join Us Friday for Cinco de Mayo!' scrawled on the sides. Three club kids had already tried to talk their way past the hostesses as being with the event, but Zlot shook her head, "'No way!' If we knew what the rovers looked like, we could let them in when they arrive, Victoria said. I looked around for Zlot to ask again, but she disappeared. Kitchen, Tosh said over the radio. When I got there, Zlot was pulling something in through the service door, having a tough time of it, too. She turned to look at me and beamed. I have a surprise! She yanked and finally pulled the surprise into the kitchen. A baby stroller. The baby inside was wailing, its mother gripping the other end of the stroller with one hand and trying to open her phone with the other.
1: Fresh baby's
0: tears! Get them while they're wet! Zlot crowed. No can do! I hustled mother and baby out of the kitchen and apologized until both of them calmed down. I poured the mom a glass of water and gave her a year's worth of vouchers. She glared at Zlot but took the vouchers. Zlot, unperturbed, seated herself at table 21 and was working her tablet. Do you think we could get well, albatross? If this kept up, the city, the feds, and PETA would want us shut down, even if we did manage to rescue Danny. 445. Aaron and his crew finished carrying the restaurant's tables and chairs upstairs so that only the velvet banquette seats and booths remained. Rovers like to dance, Zlot explained. Plus, you won't have as big a dry-cleaning bill. What do you mean? She waved her hand. My head spun with details, but it looked like Tosh and Aaron had the bar and kitchen under control. The table staff, everyone I could call in, awaited my instructions by El Corazon's photo booth, something I'd convinced Danny to buy. The customers loved it. Behind them, a wall of grainy black-and-white photo strips marked all the nights I'd spent in Danny's restaurant. There were more photos of me there than on the walls of my tiny apartment upstairs. I took a deep breath. We need to rock this one. Danny is counting on us. Keep drinks flowing, make sure the guests are happy, and let me know of problems. Text or radio. I tapped my headset and held up my phone. And let me just say... Zlot piped up. A lot of staff hadn't noticed her yet, but now their eyes widened. You'll be the first restaurant in Vegas to successfully host a rover's celebratory gathering. Wishing you the best of luck. And please, stay out of the rover's reach, especially the big ones. Slot gave what I can only describe as a very toothy grin, and my text messages lit up. Family emergency. Can't work tonight. Have flu. Ben, you do not have flu. You look fine, I said. Guys, this is for Danny. We pull this off, we'll be rock stars. Come on, who's with me? After a long beat, Victoria and Marnie stepped forward. I whistled with relief. Then Lou. Ben had it bad for Lou. I'd caught them making out in the beer walk-in yesterday. After that, Everyone was on board. They went to the kitchen for trays of kanapis, and the bartenders began prepping a round of shots as directed and tested by... Zlot. Which was good timing because the building rattled again. Louder this time, as if whatever was landing was doing so inside the restaurant. Then there was a lot of light, and the rovers appeared. From everywhere. At once. Welcome, welcome, Zlot said following up with some glottal clicks and a slurping noise. She said something else that ended with, "'Local delicacies!' "'Yes, welcome!' I beamed with my best-manager smile. The rovers were slugs. Giant, shimmering, speckled slugs gliding their lower bodies across the formerly clean slate tiles of El Corazon.' their upper bodies wobbling and extending pseudopods to grasp drinks and food from terrified staff and pour all of it, including the dishes, down impossibly wide mouths. Oh, hell. I heard a squeak, saw Victoria trying to hide behind the bar, her arm grasped by a rover pseudopod dripping slime. Zlot! I shouted into my headset. Zlot was on it in a flash. That is not on the menu! Victoria, released, ran for the kitchen in tears. Around us, slurping and smacking sounds grew as the rovers guzzled and snacked everything that wasn't nailed down or off limits. How long till we close? I hadn't thought to ask, but by the look of things, until we ran out of food, or things to serve the food on... Messages began to come in from all over El Corazón. Drunk slugs in the bathroom playing with the automatic towel dispensers. Rovers gone wild in the photo booth. See attached. I looked over to see the photo booth flash go off again and again, strobe lighting the back of El Corazón. Eighty-six babies' tears. Seared marmot and eagle. That I could handle. Plate the squid now. In the midst of the party rush, Zlot grabbed me. Some man is at the door, demanding to come in. I peered past the private party sign and saw the leer first. Health inspector, I radioed Victoria. We're going to get shut down, Victoria said as she emerged from the kitchen. She meant the slime trails on the floor, the smashed dishes ground into the upholstery, and the dish of awful I was taking to table 12. Is that legal? I didn't answer. I handed her the plate and messaged the whole staff. Two-minute drill. Bussers and food runners swept the floor, picked food off velvet. I heard shouts from the kitchen. Marnie drew the heavy velvet curtain across the private party room. Zlot, we've got to get them in there for a minute. Can do, Zlot said in her perky voice. I'm a natural at this. I've got entertainment coming. Surprise! And she did. The restaurant strobed with light. More aliens. Dancer aliens. But it did get the rovers moving. Vouch rattled the door of El Corazon, Aaron finished mopping slug trails off the floor, as I ushered Vouch inside. Victoria and I walked the health inspector straight back to the kitchen. Ugh, what's that smell? You guys change our menu? He said, talking to me, but never taking his eyes off Victoria's chest. Look, Vouch, can I offer you a drink? Some food? To go? He grinned. Private party, eh? Anything I should look into? No, they're very private. VVIPs. <laughs> that was exactly the wrong thing to say to Vouch. I tried to fix it. You're a health inspector. You can't interfere with the customers. I didn't know if that was true. Exactly. But Vouch relented when I slipped him 320s. The dishes had passed this time. They'd gotten rid of whatever they were drinking, and Vouch didn't notice that, by this time, Most of the rest of the staff was drinking something. Vouch seemed satisfied when he didn't find anything, but he lingered, picking up the sound of music, sort of a Bollywood-infused jazz, coming from behind the curtain. Maybe I'll stay for a while, he said, and went to pull the curtain aside. No, I shouted, but it was too late. Vouch stood transfixed before a room full of giant slugs, praying mantises wearing jeweled go-go shorts, and Zlot, who was emceeing the weirdest burlesque ever. Zlot stopped and stared for a minute, then shouted into her mic, More entertainment! And the slugs grabbed Vouch and pulled him to the stage. Vouch was apoplectic, his face looking like it would burst. I'll have you all shut down, he shouted from the stage. That's right, folks, said Slot, A real American bureaucrat, for your enjoyment. There are no permits for this, nothing on file, Vouch ranted to the increasing laughter and cheers of his audience. Bring more drinks, I texted the staff. Watch for the dark gray rover. It's grabby. Dang, orangey is amazing on the turntable. You can't do this! It's illegal! Vouch shouted. The crowd roared. I stepped outside the curtain and caught my breath. My phone rang, and I retreated to the relative calm of the bar to answer it. Besha, how's it going? Danny said. He sounded very far away. "'Great! They love El Corazón! We're saving you!' I said. There was a long pause. "'Problem is, they love it too much,' Danny finally replied. "'They're talking about taking El Corazón with them on their ship. The restaurant, me, and the staff, too. You have to fix this, Besha.' I heard a strange sound above me. The low rider creaking because a slug sat astride it, making zoom-zoom noises.' Slime dripped down the neon. What do I do? I asked Danny. Convince them that they don't want the restaurant. How? But the call dropped again. I ran for the kitchen, grabbing bartenders and food runners as I went. Rovers emerged from behind the curtain and headed for the tables. The thought of them squishing down on the velvet made me shiver. We weren't going to survive this, much less open for Cinco de Mayo. Zlot caught my arm before I got to the swinging doors. This restaurant gig is easy! I knew I could do it! I swept her aside and skidded into the kitchen. When I reached him, Tosh was covered in soot from an exploding owl. I can't cook with these materials! he shouted. Change of plan, I said. And I laid out exactly what I wanted them to do. Dessert schadenfreude pie, dark chocolate empanadas with deep-fried crickets, Mexican escargot and honey, manager's special, House Margaritas al Nove de Cel. I looked around the restaurant. Two mantis creatures jumped from velvet banquette to velvet banquette, their go-go shorts making jingling sounds. The drinks they carried splashed everywhere. Slugs gathered by the bar most of them bouncing up and down and making enthusiastic slurping noises, while the guy on the low rider tried to figure out the gears. The bike's wheels spun, throwing off sparks and dust. No one had turned that thing on since Danny won it. If my plan didn't work, the life I'd built from nothing in Vegas was done. I wouldn't be the best restaurant manager off the strip anymore. If Slot and the giant slugs had their way, I would have to be the best restaurant manager in the universe. Ugh, the thought of my staff getting sucked into a rover ship made me grind my teeth. No way was that happening. Horror in the photo booth. Five slug orgy in the staff room. And then the bike took off, launching overhead and through the door of El Corazon. The crash of glass echoed louder than the music. Passersby on the street peered in through the hole in the door. A club kid, still camped outside, spat out his neon pacifier and yelled, Wicked cosplay! He rushed through the hole in the door, six friends in spandex and studs close on his heels. They began dancing with the slugs. Yes, my life was over. The slugs had best just beam up the restaurant or whatever they were going to do. But then, Victoria, Ben, Lou, and even Marnie started bringing out dessert. I realized Marnie hadn't dropped a thing all night. "'Local delicacies!' shouted Zlot. The slugs and the praying mantises roared. The club kids whooped. Zlot glowed in their attention. She started handing out dessert. They ate it up. All the schadenfreude pie I could serve, thick with molasses. Then Aaron passed out margaritas. The slugs opened their mouths wide and guzzled the drinks and ate the salt-rimmed glasses. The kids kept dancing. The noises those slugs made as they frothed and rolled was drowned out by the bass beat one of the mantises was cranking on the DJ equipment. But everyone saw the smoke. Then, four slugs groaned and slumped, their skin bubbling. Oops! I shouted. "Aaron, use the sugar, not the salt! Oh no! This is horrible! said Slot, holding her head with two of her arms. I turned to her and nodded sadly. We are so sorry. Accidents happen all the time in restaurants. Then, Victoria lit the shot glasses around the bar on fire. And all the slugs tried to back away, but found their bellies too heavy to move. Some got scorched. One screamed. A big, taupe slug moaned to Zlot. What did you put in those pies? Uh, I didn't. They did. You slurred. We'd have a great time eating local delicacies. but it's not my fault, Zlot panicked. This is your restaurant. Not yet, she sounded crazed. Not ever. She turned to me, her eight eyes wide. A splat of guacamole marred her gold dress. Restaurants are hard, Besha. I don't know how you manage. Most days, I didn't either but I knew why I tried. El Corazon was my place. The bright light filled the restaurant and my staff covered their eyes. With a fast strobe brighter than the photo booth, the slugs disappeared. Only Zlat remained. The club kid with the pacifier took over the turntable and yelled, Dance like a rover! The remaining crowd roared. They left me here... Zlot said, her voice wobbled. They left us here too, I said. I turned to see Danny step through the hole in the door. He looked hangdog hung over, and he was covered head to toe in slug slime. Good. I'm sorry. I didn't understand how hard it would be when I made the bet, Zlot said. I'll help clean up. She had been pretty good serving customers and six arms would be helpful behind the bar. Plus, Danny still owed her for the bet. He owed all of us. What was the bet, exactly? Slot brightened. That El Corazon was the best party off the Strip. He bet the restaurant on it. She thought for a few seconds. The perk returned to her voice. You lost, Danny. So the restaurant is yours? I asked her. But I don't want to deal with all the headaches, Slot said. She turned to me. Do you want it? El Corazon was the best restaurant off the Vegas Strip, and I wasn't about to gamble it away. I looked at my staff. Victoria gave me a thumbs up. Aaron nodded yes. Marnie cheered and bobbled her tray, then caught it. I started making plans. Danny was going to spend a lot of time as a dishy, and everyone was going to get paid. Yes, I want it. Slot looked thoughtful. It was fun DJing. I smiled. Can you follow instructions? And stay away from babies? And help us matter compile a new door? Slot nodded. We need a DJ for Cinco de Mayo. We'll see how you do. Danny's hangdog look deepened. But I own things now. He'd have to manage somehow. Oh, really? Slot beamed. <laughs> totally. Just I paused. What happened to the health inspector? Local delicacy she whispered
2: That was our story. Hope you enjoyed it. Waiting tables, man. There's a lot more to it than just grossly exaggerating how hot plates are. I used to bartend and wait tables during college, and to this day, I continue to have a lot of empathy for wait staff whenever I go out. I always let them finish telling me the detailed list of specials they've had to memorize and painstakingly repeat all night before ordering something else. I always give nice tips. Hey, hey man. I bet that baby'd stop crying if this was a restaurant, Huh? Anyway, great job. I was at a Mexican restaurant the other day and my waiter put down my food in front of some other white dude who looked nothing like me. I could have gotten all offended, made a big deal out of it, asked for his manager, but I didn't. You know why? Cause I was like, I get it now. And because, hell, I've done that before by accident, too, back when I waited tables. And because it turned out not to be my waiter, after all. Anyways, if you enjoyed our story this week, remember we rely fully on you listeners out there to donate and support us. Your support is important. It's 100% of how we pay authors like Fran this week, how we pay narrators like Lauren, how we license music, pay for web server space, everything. So hit up Drabblecast.org and show us some love with the pay support options there to the right. You can use credit cards, debit cards, PayPal, whatever. It only takes a minute, and we appreciate the support. Let's go now to our 100-character story winner this week, Brian with a Y, with this one here. Wow, I've heard tales about your kind, he told the Fae. She giggled as she bit greedily into him. Not the right tales. Excellent. Remember, we have an ongoing 100-character story winner each week. You can write one, 100 characters, not counting spaces. They're called Twabbles. Post it in our forums at forums.drabblecast.org. You could be next week's winner. Follow the Drabblecast on Twitter, at the Drabblecast. All right, folks, that's our show this week. Remember, the Jabblecast is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means don't change it, don't sell it, but feel free to share it all you like. Write us a review on iTunes if you get a second, or blog about us, or tell a friend. Spread the weird. Special thanks to our episode artist this week, Drabblecast art director Bo Kyer. Check him out at BoKire.com. Our program this week was brought to you by Drabblecast managing editor Nathan Lee, our art director Bo Kyer, with additional help from Nikki Drayden, Tom Baker, David Carvin, and David Steffen. We'll see you next week, weirdos. Until then, this is Norm Sherman reminding you, we don't serve babies. Ever. Seriously.